Welcome to Campfire Football. Today is day two of the United Soccer Coaches Convention. And as I did yesterday, I'm going to bring a little bit of what I watched this morning. Uh, because there was one that was really, really, really good. And then I watched another, more on mental toughness, that was excellent. And it really, the lessons I took from today, very useful for life. Very useful for you know, your daily, very useful for just any goals you have, even if you don't really work in this game at all in any way. But I think that there was some really valuable stuff. It all started out, first thing was Emma Hayes and Denise Reddy. These are the Chelsea ladies coaches. Emma Hayes is the head coach. Denise Reddy is her assistant. And Emma Hayes is a stud. She's just a top, top coach. Someone who genuinely I would love to play for. She's that kind of person. And mostly it's because what makes her different is her communication style. I've seen her run a session at one of these conventions in the past. And it was excellent. It was just about beating the counter press. And it was just really simple in terms of what the structure of the game was. And most of her tactical advice to the players was nothing blindingly new. What I found was so interesting about her was just the way she communicated directly to players and motivated them with what were very, very clear directives. She didn't sugarcoat anything, but she never sounded like she was, you know, getting really on top of the players. I remember at one point, this girl got the ball because she was sort of defending, but she's a forward and she got the ball and kind of just kicked it into the goalkeeper's hands. And Emma Hayes said, I, what's the point of having you in this box? Why are you here? And the girl said, to defend them. She said, yeah, and when you get the ball, what would you do in a game if you're a forward and you take the ball here? She goes, score. Then why didn't you score? I want you to score. I want you to punish them for their mistakes to make them better. And it was incredible just to watch the way the – and this was a UCLA women's team, really, really good players. And so it was just cool to see her just – get them all going. And then the quality was excellent throughout the whole session. And I just appreciated the way that she knows how to motivate and set high demands and high standards with a sense of clarity and compassion at the same time. So huge props to Emma Hayes. I was really excited to see what she had to say because she's super down to earth. And her assistant, Denise Reddy, New Jersey native, played 336 times for Malmo in Sweden. That was her professional career as a player. And then she moved on into management and coaching, had a bunch of assistant and coaching roles in the United States and also in, mostly in Sweden as well in Scandinavia. And yeah, now she's a Chelsea assistant and these two are just a really good tandem. And it seems that what they are doing in terms of creating a culture, a stronger one that needs to evolve. She's, you know, Emma Hayes has been at Chelsea for nine years. So how, after all that time and after racking up some titles, do you continue to improve? Well, the league, the women's league has drastically improved. There's some teams that didn't, Man United didn't exist two years ago, and now they've got top U.S. internationals playing for them and are challenging for the title, which is really, really exciting for the women's game. And for someone like Emma Hayes, she's just like, cool, a new challenge. Let's figure out a way. And so this entire thing that they did was called the Pathway to Scoring Goals. And at first, you're thinking, okay, here's some technical things. They're going to show us some activities. No, it wasn't really about the technical, tactical side of how you score goals. It was, what are we going to do? How are we going to build our entire culture and training to be able to score more goals than we have in the past? 
especially since the league is getting better. And they did a four four step approach. Started with uh, season evaluation being absolutely critical, taking all the stats and all the data from the season and putting it together and being able to do an evaluation. Then uh, using that data to actually drive a culture. And what this means is not get focused and bogged down on numbers, but actually take the ones that matter most to you and use those to build whatever training, whatever you want to improve on. So here it's the pathway to scoring goals. They went ahead and used the data to figure out how can we do more of that instead of saying, oh, you know, we didn't score enough from this area or didn't have enough crosses. We need to up that. No, they just said, here's what we're good at. Here's how we're going to get better at it. And we're going to use this data that we have to build a culture around a pathway to scoring more goals. So you can see this this holistic mentality of building this is so key for these top-level coaches. Um, also, number three, train things that matter most and don't waste your time with things that don't really matter. Like really focus on the things that matter most in training. Don't just do a session on something because, you know, that's a good thing to do. And one thing, little quote she had was, who wants to watch another pressing session? And if you're not someone who coaches in the game or sees it a lot, Every single time you see people decide, okay, what activity am I going to do to coach to show what I'm good at coaching at? A lot of people choose pressing. And it's become very much in vogue ever since the Barcelona team of Pep Guardiola and subsequent teams have done it. And it's just become a huge part of the game. She's right. Who wants to see another pressing activity? Who wants to see another pressing thing? Let's focus on how we score goals when we have the ball. And I think that's also really empowering. Uh, it's, it's a cool thing. And then the fourth one was monitor, map, and measure. So obviously, take stock of what you have, take a look at it, get all your data together, map it, which means organize it, figure out what it is that you're trying to wade through because you have to do that with data, and then measure it and figure out what it is that you need to do, what your targets are, and where you want to get to. Quite simple. So basically, they took all the goals that they scored, analyzed every single one of them, and figured out that there was a gold zone, which is basically sort of central area, penalty area, and then there were assist zones on the sides and then right at the top of the box. And they found 75% of their goals were scored in that gold zone, and that 75% of those goals were one-touch finishes. When you have this kind of information, you go, well, great. Why do we need to try and figure out how to score more goals from long range or from deep crosses if this seems to work really well for us? How can we be even more efficient? And I just thought that the way they pulled the data and and really chose to focus on specific parts of it to really improve, it, it's it takes it takes an understanding for the craft and the game and how to coach, and it, it also really takes an amazing ability to get rid of the noise and really see a clear path of what you want to do. And for good leaders, that's paramount. So uh, they looked into what is the sequence that leads to goals. In hockey, they, they measure that second assist, the person that played it to the person who assisted. We don't really do that as a measurement in football. I think in the stats, it looks like chance created now, which is a fair stat, but sometimes that pass really is the most important. And so where's it coming from? Where's it going and which players are most actively involved in that action? So she talked about all of this and said, look, the whole thing about all these stats is it has to be conscious, right? You have to have conscious coaching. You have to take the things that, that matter most and use them. And that's how you're actually going to be efficient in your activities and in everything you do. And I think, for all, again, for all of us in life, a lot of this stuff 
really does come together. It's important to be able to put together the things, put aside to get the things that are in your way that cause you to just not move forward and be efficient and trim them down to what are the things I really want to focus on. And so it was great to see this. I mean, they, they mentioned data can be used as a map, sort of as a way to just actually look at things objectively because your subjective point of view can completely, it can completely cloud your judgment and therefore your decisions. And, you know, really, really important. One thing that was interesting, an audience question was what data do you share with the players? And it was cool. Uh, Emma Hayes basically said, you don't want to share much because then the players start training to the numbers and the data. And that's really interesting. Think about maybe if you've ever used an app or something to measure something in your day. At some point, it's very easy to become addicted to the app giving you points for checking things off your list or whatever. And then you get very addicted to the points instead of the actual process. And she, I think that's really interesting. You may have a pro who you let them know, hey, look, you completed you know, 20 less passes in practice today than yesterday. And you need to, that needs to be better. Well, the next day they go to practice, they may actually increase completed passes and increase the amount, but they may all be worthless passes. Short ones, easy ones, they want, their, they want to buff up their numbers. That's not what you want from professional footballers. You want them to play free and express themselves and do what they do best. So I thought that was really interesting um, as a little thing to answer from other people. And uh, one thing on a tech, tactical level for anyone who's a coach who's really, really curious, one thing that they mentioned a lot was they, they wanted opposite movements. So that, that means two things. Opposite movements means if someone checks to the ball, then someone else has to go away, which the second point is that the whole thing is counterbalanced. And what I found was really interesting. They showed a training session, a training activity where there were uh, lines down the field, vertical lines that split the field into five channels. And what you would see is if the ball moved in the defensive left side of the field, up in the attacking right, right half of the field, there actually were more people anticipating the switch. And once they get the ball, the defense is already just destabilized enough that if they can up the rhythm, advance their attack, do everything in one or two touches, that is where goals come from. So I thought that was really cool and interesting. And uh, they were also asked what age should data be introduced? Their response was, just kind of looked at each other like, I, that's a, uh, who knows? In the end, the, the answer was do what matters most for you. And I think for any coach out there who wants to involve technology, you have to remember you can't force this on the situation. And you can't also make that be the primary piece of your coaching. You're still developing people. Now, how you use technology to connect, that really is up to you, your environment, the age group you coach, and sort of what your resources are. But really, really interesting. And then... You know, overall, the, the, the overall idea that they had was you have to use this objective information to build your culture. And a lot of subjective information can get in your way. One example she had was there was a coach who used to tell her the left side of this team is the most dangerous. That's where you have to stop the supply. And then she actually went and asked for some data on where they were connecting the most amount of passes. And all of it was on the right side for the most part. And they were actually scoring goals by going from right to left. And this dangerous player on the left side made everyone focus on them. So the buildup could easily happen where there was less traffic and that's where goals were coming from. So, you know, she just talked about how you can use data in any part of your life to 
understand what your situation is and then how you use it and build your own culture, your own personal value system and principles. That's what makes you actually advance and move forward and develop and grow. So that was overall what they said. It was absolutely terrific. It was really fascinating. Huge props to Emma Hayes as well for not just saving questions until the end. She answered them as she went and it avoided a whole mess. And she just kind of answered things that she thought was interesting that she caught. So that was excellent. And then I watched Coaching Mental Toughness. Are they born or made? The real answer is they can be made. Uh, probably some are born, but a lot of us need to be made into mentally tough people. And this is Colleen Hacker, who's Pacific uh, Lutheran University professor and also just a mental toughness consultant. She's kind of like a Tony Robbins um, and for who's worked with sports teams and had excellent results. And then the other person who was on was Anson Dorrance. They also had three U.S. women's national team players, past and present, who were on, who talked about their own stories about adversity. And I don't really want to get into this one too much because I think a lot of it is stuff, like I said, if you know much about motivational speakers and people who are like, take charge of your life, this wasn't uh, a whole ton of brand new information, but there were a couple takeaways I just want to share just to kind of close this little bit out because they are worth it. And I'll tie into some things that I, I found, have found over the last couple weeks that really can be useful in just approaching daily life. This kind of has less to do with football, but you can see how people in athletics use these things to really manage their own careers. So the first thing is mentally toughness, mental toughness can be learned, okay? You are not someone who is just mentally weak by nature and staying that way. There are traits that you can embody that get you there. Optimism, being process-oriented, not worrying about an objective at the end, actually worrying about how you get there and what you learn along the way, meaning you have to accept mistakes. Failure is the best teacher. This is one of the things that she mentioned a few times. And... Basically having a growth mindset, anyone who's interested, Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset, and this has been used by the educational system, coaches, all kinds of people all over, and um, I have a couple friends who have read it, and they personally took a whole lot away from it this year, actually, or this past year in 2020, and I'll get to something about that in a minute, but basically, in the, in the mental toughness behaviors, things that are good for coaches, obviously, is decisive and effective under pressure, being able to maintain effort no matter what and, and keep at a high level and showing positive body language to the people around you. The one that I thought was most important was adapting to change. And that resonates to me for everything we've been going through over the last year. And the other one is take responsibility 100%. Now, Jay Comfrey, he is a commentator on BT Sport also runs the High Performance Podcast. If you haven't heard of it or seen it, it is absolutely worth checking out. You will get just tons of people who are self-made people. And the ways that they do it is not blindingly crazy levels of grit and talent. It's certain mindsets, certain processes put in motion, and then they lived by it. And then they stuck to it. And some of these people, yes, became multimillionaire CEOs, whatever. That doesn't have to be you, right? But taking 100% responsibility of everything that you can control in your life is really what Jay Humphrey has been really preaching on people. And honestly, I, I think it's a really nice thing. It's very simple. 100% responsibility. If there's something you can't control, you don't have responsibility of that. But if it's your thing, if it's your realm, if it's your decision, take 
the idea of 100% responsibility of it because then you can solve a problem quicker. And if something works out, you get to feel like you took credit and responsibility for that. So I think that's just been really, it's been really great. And to end it all on that note, really, we can't go and blame 2020. This was something that they mentioned a bunch of times, assigning blame and assigning some and, and finding an excuse is not helpful. You have to assign responsibility to yourself and then find a way instead of an excuse. I thought that was also really valuable. So remember, 2020 was not a mean, vicious year to you, right? If you want bad news, you can go ahead and look up news from since January 1st, and you will find all kinds of reasons to think that this year is worse or going to be just as bad. But this is the whole point. What happens that you can't control this year is not what will impact whether or not things are good or bad. It's whether or not you can adapt to change, whether you can have a positive mindset and a growth mindset and be process-oriented in everything you do. And look, I'm not preaching here. I'm just saying I think it's also really interesting that here at a coach's convention, you have top-level people who work with the most successful, and this is what they're doing. So it's not, you know, blind optimism. It's real analysis, it's honest analysis, and it's taking the information that you've gotten to face it and make something better of it. So really, really exciting that one. Uh, the one I'm very pumped for is tomorrow morning, Jose Mourinho will be chiming in from London and Look, I mean, just the sound bites you always get from Mourinho are terrific. I will be taking furious notes on this one, and I hope anyone who's interested to tune in can uh, can enjoy it. And I will do my absolute best to bring you all the nuances, all the little things. I will, I will just go as deep as I can to bring you what I know and what I was able to luckily and thankfully see here at this convention from Jose Mourinho and then other people all week as well. I hope you enjoyed today. This was episode two of the convention series. And don't worry, I won't just be doing convention series all week. I'll dip in with a few things that are actually happening in the game. There's some matches on today as well. This is Campfire Football.